It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with Michael Brauner joining you on this Cinco de Mayo. Hope everyone has had an outstanding work week and if you're going to drink this evening, make sure you don't drink and drive or drink responsibly for sure. And, of course, we have the basketball game for the ages. And I'm probably going to leave it at that in regards to the <laughs> opening kickoff taking on the final drive. There was and a game played. It, there was a game played. There was a game played today, and I, I, I will let – one Markheim and Nick Wiggins talk about that on their show on um, Monday morning. I'm sure they will. On how the uh, basketball game went. But I will say this. We will still be competing in pickleball. And, of course, we will also be competing in cornhole as well. So excited about that, Michael Bronner. And, again, want to thank everybody for supporting WNSP right here on 1100 Dolphin Street, and you have a lot of choices. Go to votenappies.com. We would appreciate your vote here for the final drive when you go to votenappies.com and then click on, of course, the media tab, and you're able to vote for the final drive there. But, you know, with this being Cinco de Mayo, again, a lot of action and activity that goes on in the world. Of course, this weekend you still have the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Mint julep and hats will be discussed for sure on Saturday. And we also had Barry Dunning Jr. committing to UAB today, coming out of the transfer portal officially. So congratulations to Barry Dunning Jr. We'll cover that. And we also will definitely talk right now about Auburn football and Auburn finally finding their quarterback. And competition is great, but Peyton Thorne, Michael Brauner, will probably be who Hugh Freeze goes to for the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, so after a lot of speculation, it became official that Peyton Thorne is headed to Auburn today. It was kind of really came down to Peyton Thorne or Casey Thompson of Nebraska and Peyton Thorne of Michigan State and Thorne ends up being the guy that Freeze is going to bring in can't say it's super surprising Thorne now a two-year starter at Michigan State had much better numbers in 2021 than 2022 uh, but to be fair the team was also a heck of a lot better in 2021 they went 11 and 2 in 2021 and went 5 and 7 I believe this past year so you know I think he had like 19 touchdowns 11 picks this past year and, and something like 27 and 10 the year before that again the team was a heck of a lot better uh, so take his numbers with you know whether he's a reason for that I, I don't know I, I think uh, the team just took a major step back but you bring in a quarterback with two years of starting experience in a good conference 
I don't think you're bringing him in to sit on the bench. Uh, Robbie Ashford put out a tweet an hour ago, like, let's get to work, iron sharpens iron, war eagle. But unfortunately for Robbie Ashford, I, I think this signals his time as the Auburn starting quarterback is probably over. I, I, I don't think that's crazy to say, but again, barring an injury or anything like that, I think he's certainly the backup. Although we'll see on Holden Garner because Hugh Freeze has praised Garner a lot throughout this uh, this entire spring period. I think Garner has apparently looked good, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I I can't say I'm shocked here. No, I mean absolutely not shocked. But when you have the experience of a quarterback who's played in the Power Five level and has 25 or 26 starts under their belt, have 49 touchdowns under their resume against competition like Ohio State or like Michigan. Maybe it's not SEC caliber, but at the same time, two years of experience beats none. And 46 touchdowns and throwing for over 6,400 yards is not too shabby. Two years of experience, some of it at a very high level. Again, they were very good in 2021 uh thorn has proven capable of leading an efficient offense again in a very good conference in the big 10 so i think auburn fans should certainly be excited i think he frees this is the guy he targeted and this is the guy he wanted and and he has his guy and i would be at this point completely shocked if peyton thorn was not starting week one for auburn you know robbie ashford you mentioned him being motivated by someone coming in out of the transfer portal We mentioned on Wednesday that T.J. Finley had officially gotten out of Auburn. I think competition at any university is great. But for Auburn, when that was the glaring weakness on the offensive side of the football, whether it was the offensive line or from poor quarterback play, this will give you an opportunity. And Auburn had a choice here to where I didn't know if they were going to go with the Nebraska side who was in the portal, the Nebraska quarterback who was in the portal, or whether they were going to go with Thorne. Wasn't quite sure exactly what decision that they were going to make. But fall camp is going to be competitive, no matter whether it's on the Plains or in Tuscaloosa. The quarterback battles are going to be a focus for all fans and for a lot of college football for certain. Yeah, I think Casey Thompson, who was the Nebraska guy that there was also a lot of noise around with uh, regards to Auburn, I think was a bit m- offered a bit more of a similar game as Robbie Ashford. You know, brings the mobility factor. And, and again, I I wasn't completely out on Robbie Ashford being the starting quarterback this year at Auburn. I, I, I did think he was going to improve quite a bit. And under, especially under Hugh Freeze, I mean, he showed he showed a good bit towards the end of last year. I thought he honestly had his best game of the season in the Iron Bowl. He certainly made his best throw of the season. If you remember that uh, touchdown in the corner of the end zone, I can't remember who it was to. Might have been Shedrick Jackson. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, Robbie Ashford. I hesitate to throw around. He had great potential because I I don't know what that ceiling was there. But when you have the aspect of a quarterback with some serious mobility and needs to be 
honed in as a passer. I don't know what that ceiling was under Hugh Freeze, how much better he would have gotten. But I certainly do think Peyton Thorne is capable under Hugh Freeze of running a very efficient and effective offense. And I think anyone, to a degree, with how bad Auburn's offensive line last year would have struggled. Like, I think you could have placed Peyton Thorne in Auburn's offense last season, and he would have struggled. And Auburn still would have been bad. I don't think Peyton Thorne last season would have fixed Auburn's issues. But... Obviously, they've made a lot of improvements on the offensive line through the transfer portal this year. They should just look a lot better on all aspects. So, you know, you bring in a guy like Thorne, and, and uh, we'll see if he can elevate the Tigers to the next level. But what's interesting to me is to look at it to say, why has Auburn really struggled at quarterback? Because I know when Bo Nix came in, got the W in the Iron Bowl versus Alabama, everybody was looking forward to – Bo Nix, no matter who the coach was going to be for Bo Nix, and whether it was Brian Harson and Bo Nix just not being on the same page or having different philosophies, Bo Nix goes out to Oregon, and I think he'll be one of those guys who's invited to the Senior Bowl oh, yeah. next year, and we'll see more of Bo Nix. But at the Power Five level, the Big Ten, no chop liver and where he was and what he was able to do as Michigan State starter in 2021. A really good season in 2021. Michigan State was really good. I mean, so there certainly is reason for hope there. <laughs> the Bo Nix angle is, is funny. I mean, obviously he showed flashes at Auburn. That the, the Bo Nix experience was, was a wild ride at Auburn, and then he goes to Oregon and has really what was a, a great season from Bo Nix, and I expect him to have a great season this year. I mean, they did lose their offensive coordinator. It became the head coach at Arizona State, I believe it was. Uh, but I, I'm curious how Auburn fans feel on that. Like, does it does it sting watching Bo Nix ball out at Oregon, or, or is it just can you spin it as, oh, he's in the Pac-12. He, he never would have done that in the SEC. Well, I think what's interesting, too, is would Bo Nix or could Bo Nix be effective in the Hugh Freeze era? Do you think that he would be that guy? Yeah, I do. Do you, do you think I that do. he would be not bad, Bo, that a lot of Auburn fans got tired of seeing on Saturdays, but in Hugh Freeze's offense, yeah. would Bo Nix be that guy? Because Jarrett Stidham, it's been since 2017 since Auburn's really had someone that's going to absolutely light you up and be able to throw for over 3,000 yards. And that's a long time. Six years is a long time to have to sit and wait on the quarterback. And with two years of eligibility remaining, I'm looking forward to seeing what Peyton Thorne can bring to the Auburn Tigers. And I hope he, he's the answer that they need because football in this state is also better when yeah. you have Auburn and Alabama playing at elite levels and come the Iron Bowl, you're deciding who's going to win the SEC West, decided by how you've played up until that time. I think I don't. everyone loves that. I don't think Auburn is going to be in contention for the SEC West around Iron Bowl time this year, but I do think that Auburn could very well play spoiler to Alabama in, ter in terms of their quest to win the SEC West. And Alabama could keep Al – Auburn, rather, could keep Alabama out of the SEC championship by beating them in the Iron Bowl. And honestly, I think there's a pretty good chance that Auburn wins the Iron Bowl this year. I've been saying that for a while now. Again, it's in Voodoo Magic Jordan-Hare Stadium. Anything can happen, and, and it doesn't matter how good or bad 
uh, Auburn is. Just ask T.J. Finley about that. If Tank Bigsby has stayed in bounds, they win that game. So it, it doesn't matter. I, and, again, I do think Auburn is going to be – I hesitate to say good, but I, I think I don't think they're going to be bad this year. I think Auburn wins seven, eight games this year. I think they're going to be all right. No substitution for experience, though, playing at that level. And I think that that's something that Auburn Tiger fans can get excited about, knowing that Peyton Thorne does have that Big Ten experience. Coming up, we'll talk to someone who had plenty of experience balling out at South Alabama during the Kane Womack era, Darrell Luter Jr., the newest San Francisco 49er, joins us next here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. My name is Sherman Williams, former running back for the University of Alabama and the Dallas Cowboys. And I wake up each morning listening to WNSP 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Again, Cinco de Mayo. Hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and enjoys this evening. And of course, this past weekend, the NFL draft concluded, and we were continuing to hope that South Alabama, for the third consecutive year, would have a Jaguar name called in the NFL draft. And that dream came true for one Darrell Luter Jr. Pick number 155 in the 2023 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers called his name. And we welcome Mr. Luter Jr. to the final drive. Darrell, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on the final drive. Man, how you doing? I'm glad to I'm glad to uh, have you uh, be on y'all's show. Absolutely, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us this afternoon. And let's talk. Get right to it. You hear your yes, name sir. called for the by the San Francisco 49ers. What type of emotions came over <laughs> you, and was it the type of feeling? that you always thought you would have and had seen growing up as a kid hearing other people's names called? Oh, my gosh, man. It was it was amazing, uh, very overwhelming, uh, but still just, like, unexplainable, man. Like, just something that I've dreamt about since I was a kid, uh, just seeing all those uh, previous guys, you know, go through the same process that I went through. And, you know, and finally doing the things that I've seen on TV – and then having that moment, you know, to to get drafted, hearing my name called, getting the phone call, like, it was just so surreal. And even just to this moment now, like, it's still surreal to me, you know. Um, you know, I just can't explain it. When do you guys have to report to OTAs? Because I know it's maybe a couple of week window to where you can really take the time off, continue to train and enjoy actually letting it settle in that you're officially going to become an NFL superstar. Gotcha. So, um, so next week, next Thursday, May the 11th is when uh, we start as far as rookie miscount for those two days. Uh, I know it's kind of different from some other teams, uh, but I know that I fly out on May May the 11th, uh, go through rookie minicamp, and then on that 14th is when we'll finish off the re uh, finish off part one, basically of uh, the all season training camp. But that'll go with uh, we'll be with the veterans then, so we'll all practice together. And then like towards mid June uh, will be the time like we'll 
we'll stop and kind of take a four-week break, basically. Um, and then we'll start back again with another six-week uh, training camp at the end of July. Darrell, the, the Niners have been playing great defense for a minute now, obviously going back to Robert Salah and then uh, D'Amico Ryans, of course, and, and now you're going to be playing under Steve Wilkes. How, how cool is it to be drafted to a team, be the newest shutdown corner for a team that is known to win games on the backs of their defense? Man, it's so good. Honestly, you know, just from my story alone, like I haven't really been – uh, like on a winning program up until last season uh, with South. Uh, so, like, just going to to another uh, franchise, another team, you know, uh, of course, at a bigger level uh, is amazing. Um, you know, actually, one thing about the 49ers is some of the stuff that they do is basically, you know, some of the same stuff that they, that we did at South. So, we kind of we kind of connected very well on certain things, you know, um, just some different calls that I don't think would be a problem. Just a matter of uh, learning them and adapting to them. That's it. Well, I'll tell you, the 49ers organization, no stranger to tapping in to, to Mobile, Alabama, hashtag 251. I know that you're, you played your high school ball at Oak Grove, Mississippi, but Jaquaski Tard and Jimmy Ward having been a part of that franchise and playing kind of the same position, have you reached out to either one of those guys being from Mobile, Alabama, having those Davidson High School roots, or have they reached out to you? I know one is no longer with the franchise, but just that right. commonality of being 49ers from Mobile. Uh, honestly, um, really haven't had the chance to even connect uh, together. You know, I haven't had a chance to talk to either one of those guys and they haven't reached out but I mean I'm pretty sure you know they're kind of doing their own thing and so that's kind of how I roll too like you know especially being in this time of the year things can be kind of busy and you know you want to get yourself together you make sure everything is squared away on your end so I mean we probably kind of understand you know that we're busy at the moment and probably later down the line we'll you know we'll meet and you know uh, catch up. Knowing that there was a no-fly zone in your area last year teams wouldn't throw at you not giving you an opportunity to put up the type of numbers that you put up in 2021 and that's a credit to you being an all sunbelt conference performer having an opportunity to really show up and show out knowing that they're not going to throw in my direction i'm going to credit and help let my teammates have a lot of the glory there how does that make you feel as a corner, being on that island, knowing that quarterbacks and offensive strategies are, we got to stay away from this guy? Well, first and foremost, I mean, I feel like it's a sign of respect. You know, you, you know that I'm one of the best corners, uh, especially in that conference, and you understand my game. You know how I am. You know how well I cover receivers. So, you know, it's just a, a respect thing, you know, at the end of the day. You know, and that's how I feel that every other team has taken it to since 21. Talking to Darrell Luter, former South Alabama Jaguar, newest San Francisco 49er. Darrell, how do you think your game is going to translate to the NFL? Like, do you expect a huge uh, transition period, or do you expect to kind of just keep on doing your thing? Man, honestly, you know, first and foremost, just want to just get there first, you know, um, just go ahead and start going through some of the things that they already been kind of teaching us, you know, going through OTAs, going through the playbook, you know, getting the coverages and the techniques that they want down packed. And, you know, I feel like everything else will handle itself. You know, um, of course, I have high expectations for me uh, this year. Um, 
set set some goals for myself, which are short term. Which, for example, I can give you, you know, making the fifty three man roster. Boom, being a starter my rookie year. You know, um, defensive rookie of the year. You know, just some of those things, just a you know list. But you know, I do have high expectations, and I I expect to reach those goals. You know, once I step foot, you know, in, uh, uh, in the forty nine facility. The Senior Bowl and competing in the Senior Bowl, you find self-confidence through, you mentioned moments ago, about opposing teams respecting not coming in your area and, and not throwing at you and to you. But yep. when you have an opportunity to play in your home stadium in the backyard in front of all the South Alabama Jaguar fans, what kind mm -hmm. of confidence and how did the Senior Bowl continue to help you prepare not only for the combines but knowing that this type of tape is really going to propel me to becoming a professional oh well, shoot you know um well first and foremost you know I, it was a feeling of you know basically you know i'm back at home you know um you know the jags you know are i guess you could say like family you know uh so i'm there to to do what i always do and put on a show for them but also knowing that you know, the scouts are there, the coaches are watching, all eyes are on you in a lot of moments. So, you know, I also took it as a business uh, opportunity as well, you know, and took that very serious and made sure that my head was on straight and that my focus was on point because I know that, you know, the senior, senior bowl is very vital, you know, to a lot of guys. You have to you have to really take, uh, take it important, you know. Day-by-day -day goals, individual goals, those are so very important. Talk to us about what South Alabama will always mean to you and you're really your most memorable moment for being a South Alabama Jaguar. Man, uh, I can't even say just one particular moment. Like, I have a lot of moments with, you know, with South in general, you know, just everything I'm doing with them, with my teammates, with my coaches. So, like, I mean, the memories are, and it's a lot, it varies. Um, but one thing for sure that I can take away from them is just, you know, them giving me a chance, them sticking their necks out for me, giving me the opportunity to to showcase my talent, showcase the ability that, that God has given me. So, you know, I definitely thank them so much for everything that they have installed in me and entrusted me to do on the field. Darrell, I, I love hearing you talk about your goals for, for rookie year. I mean, how much does the impact that rookies even this past season, I mean, look at obviously Sauce Gardner was phenomenal, but even look at Tariq Wollin and, and Jack Jones for the Patriots. I mean, these are guys that had phenomenal seasons. I mean, how much encouragement does that give you that you can really come in your rookie year and have a serious impact? Man, it, it, it's very important. I mean, but it's also it's, it's amazing to know you know, different people's background. You know, you got guys that were signed free agents. You got guys that were fifth round, you know, that, that end up starting, that end up making Pro Bowl. Tariq Woolen, for example, you know, he was a fifth round pick. And now you see him, he was a Pro Bowl. You know, he was also nominated to be defensive rookie of the year, you know. Um, but you also just seen the game that he played throughout the year, and it was great. So, you know, just knowing that I can basically do the same thing and I expect to do the same, if not more, uh, this year, you know. Um, so I definitely look I look at that a lot. Your teammates, Jalen Tolbert, Jalen Wayne, having an opportunity to go against these guys for the last couple of years in practice and mm -hmm. seeing Tolbert get signed by that star last year. 
How did that help you improve? And how much fun is it to know that you have to the left and to the right of you, you brought your own brothers on the field that are having an opportunity to play for that shield in the NFL also? Oh, man, it was great. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy. I was also so happy even when Toba got uh, drafted uh, last year. And, like, it was amazing just knowing that, you know, just in this conference alone, it don't matter where you at that, you can go to the league. And Toba definitely, he set that on. And then I was like, well, and basically, like, his, his journey, like, he went to the senior bowl and everything. So I kind of basically followed in those footsteps. I went to the senior bowl when he went, you know, just looking at the practices, the structure, and how they – did things and even told myself, like, hey, man, you know, I want to go. And then, you know, also just setting that goal, you know, going to the senior bowl, going to combine, et cetera. And, you know, it kind of put me in that same path, you know, and then just being able to hear those names, hearing their names, even with Jay Wayne, you know, he's signed into the Buffalo Bills. Like, it's great just to know that my own brothers are having that same opportunity, you know, and, and I wish nothing but the best for them and even uh, for the future. South Alabama uh, players, you know, in the near future for them, that's going to get drafted. Darrell Luter Jr., our guest here on the final draft. Want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule as you prepare to go to the NFL and off to the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll definitely stay in touch and keep up to date with how things are going throughout the summer as you prepare to again, once put on that 49ers uniform, achieve yep, your yep, dream. Yep that you've had yes sir i thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to talk on y'all's radio show it's our pleasure Darrell luter jr of the san francisco 49ers joining us this afternoon on the final drive and we'll be right back Hi, I'm former Major League Baseball player Bernie Carbo. I listen to WNSP 105.5. Love every minute of it. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Michael Brauner joining you on this Cinco de Mayo. And, of course, you can call us at 251-694-1055 or you can get at us in the app and of course we have the nappy awards that are going on you can go to votenappies.com and vote for the final drive as the best sports show here on wnsp 105.5 and want to thank Darrell luter jr a young man who just paid his dues michael and worked the hard way and just is going to achieve his dream starting the OTAs next week. Just a, a phenomenal young man who represents and is a great ambassador for South Alabama football. Yeah, I, I really just want to say, like, if you happen to just be tuning in and, and, and just missed Darrell Luter, uh, you know, go go tune in later on the podcast on WNSP Now and check that out. It, it really is worth your time. That That's a phenomenal young man, confident young man, and uh, that was really cool for him to just take some time out of his day and that that was that was really great man I, I i he's got a fan for life in me that that was great well you know speaking of being a fan barry dunning jr had a lot of fans during his time at mcgill Tulin. had a lot of fans in his short stint in fayetteville arkansas playing for coach musselman and the razorbacks but 
today, Barry Dunning Jr., he was on the opening kickoff this morning and made a decision a few hours later about where he was going to go. Didn't know if it was going to be South Alabama. Didn't know if it was going to be Memphis. But it winds up being for Andy Kennedy and the UAB Blazers. And, of course, Andy Kennedy and the Blazers making it all the way to the championship game of the NIT and losing to a team in their conference championship that made it to the Final Four. But I think that if you're looking for a replacement for Jelly Walker, none better than the former Mr. Basketball, Barry Dunning Jr., going to be a UAB Blazer next year. Yeah, and obviously, of course, we all would have loved to see Barry Donning back at, back in Mobile at South, but I think this is a great opportunity for him. Of course, UAB moving to the AAC, moving to a bigger conference that should have more exposure. He should get a chance to play at UAB coming off a great season. So uh, I really love this move for Barry Dunning. I, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing to watch him play again. Anytime Arkansas played, I would definitely be there to watch to see what they're going to do. And I think that Barry Dunning having a new opportunity to to play for Andy Kennedy. Andy Kennedy definitely knows what it means to, to shoot a jump shot. One of the purest shooters in the history of UAB basketball. Prolific scorer, Coach Kennedy. So he's going to get Barry the green light. And I think that's one of the sides of Barry's game that he wanted to work on himself was his three-point shot and his efficiency because his mid-range jumper was always pure. So UAB still here in the state of Alabama, giving the Blazers an opportunity to call them home now. Yeah, I, I, I you know, heard some things that that jumper is is looking that three-point jumper is looking good for Barry. Unfortunately, uh, I wasn't I wasn't stroking it as well today. <laughs> Neither one of us were. I went. Yeah. I, I I won't I won't comment on what my shooting percentage was oh, today. It was, it was low. It it was uh, it was it was beyond low today. I wish I had that type of score in golf mm. i can tell you that because uh, it, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't pretty today my jumper as we were playing nick wiggins and mark heim today or this morning rather and you know no no change in the story on alabama baseball besides the fact that bama goes out last night maybe it was their rallying call they go out and defeat the commodores yeah, eleven to two. They they hammered them, and this isn't uh, a slouch of a team in Vanderbilt either. This is the fifth best team in the country. So, and you go out and and beat them, beat them eleven to two. There, I think uh, Andrew Pinkney hit a grand slam in this one. And I mean, it's baseball. You 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 can go out and get one. You can call it a coincidence if you want. But Coach Jackson and the boys rally together and and get a big win. You know, throwing the gambling situation aside, it genuinely is a very big win for Alabama that needed a win like this uh, as they march towards the postseason. But yeah, it's it's pretty poetic, you know. Now that uh, that their coach isn't betting against them, oh, we're just gonna go. We're just gonna go and go and hammer Vanderbilt eleven to two. And what it, what is still amazing to me and disgraceful to me is the fact that Brad Bohannon bet against his own guys, the same guys that you recruited, the same guys that you look in the eye on a day-to-day -day basis, the same guys you share a duck out with, and you bet against them. And yeah. like I say, I don't know 
I don't know if the mafia was after Coach Bohannon. I, I, I have like, no clue like, it, it, as it, to what possessed him to do that. It sounds like a joke to say that, but, I, I mean, how could it not be? So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and speculate that the mafia is involved in this, but how could it not be something like that? It, I it mean, it's that it's wonder. that ridiculous and stupid, man. Like, like was Coach Bo under under the threat from Tony Soprano or something like that? I mean, it it really is that ridiculous and that foolish. And, and Coach Bohannon is uh, frankly a liar and a disgrace. Like you you said, you said these are kids. He was in their living room recruiting them. Yeah, like yeah. looked their parents in the eye and and told them, you know. Come play for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do best by your son, and try to get them to the MLB. We're gonna try to do the best we can to win some games in the SEC. And uh, the guy the guy's a liar, a fraud, a disgrace. Again, unless all this proves to be false, which doesn't seem like is gonna happen, uh, it, it it really is simply the most disgraceful thing I've ever seen. Well, if he got fired because of wins and losses, that that is totally. A whole different. It is what it is. It's it's a whole different betting game then. But to lose your job because you bet against your team, and I agree one thousand percent with the caller we had yesterday under the jail, who who says not only does he belong under the jail, but though those players deserve better. And when you start digging up how often or how frequently Brad Bohannon did this. You just hope that it goes to the LSU series only. That's where you want to think. That's what you want to think. I, I, I don't think this was the only time this happened. I'm just, you know, based on things people I mean, things people are reporting are based on what they heard. So, I, again, I don't have any inside sources on this, so I'm not claiming that. But I, I hesitate to believe that Brad Bohannon on a whim with this LSU series, ooh, opportunity. Hagen Banks starting today instead. Like, uh, let me let me go ahead and have my buddy throw twenty grand on it. Maybe I'll get a five grand cut of it. Like, I I don't believe this is the first time this has happened. I think it's happened before. No Alabama players or interim coach was made available for comments yesterday, and I think that the benefit for Alabama. Do you think it's more beneficial for them to have had a series coming up that's at home in Tuscaloosa, or? Do you think this team would have rather to let's take this no. this circus on the road? No, no, I think it would have gotten ugly in the road. You ever see like, you know, I know in at, at in Tuscaloosa it's in right field, so like, uh, you know, the the student section you know yells at the right fielder or into the bullpen. The way it works in in Tuscaloosa is the student section's in right field, so you're kind of, and the bullpen, the away bullpen is right there too, so you can kind of yell right into it. Uh, so I can't really speak on other SEC stadiums, but. <laughs> no, I think that'd be a disaster. You don't you don't want to be dealing with that. If you're if you're the right fielder for Alabama or if you're in the bullpen, you're just getting abused by the student section. I actually uh, by all accounts it was a really cool scene in Tuscaloosa last night. A lot of people showed up and everyone yeah. rallied and close to thirty five hundred you know, last Greg, night. Greg Byrne came out after uh after the win and was congratulating Coach Jackson and the players and you know, everyone's rallying together, quote unquote. It's a very weird situation. Like Again, what did we say yesterday? It's like, what if Alabama goes on this big run and it makes a miracle run in the SEC tournament and, like, makes a super regional or something like that? Like, would, 
it'd be cool, but it'd be a very odd story. Like again, I I don't have any reason to believe, and no one has any reason to believe that. I, of course, like I don't think any players were involved, or hopefully, no other coaches were involved. Like, uh, but it would still be very strange if if they went on a whole run here. And uh, you know, I wonder. I wonder if coach. You think Coach Bohannon watched the game last night? You know, you know he had to watch it. Like you, I, th- you know I he, think he watched. You, you know he watched. You you know. You think he wanted them to win I, or I'll lose? Tell you this. You think he bet on it? <laughs> Here, here's what he. There's. I mean, he, he's fired. So he, he he was didn't use the best intelligence to to bet on it the first time. So why not? You know, if if you're him, why not go ahead? Because you're already fired and. Have a breach of contract. Again, the job is probably the least of his concerns no, at this I, I, point. He's not going to be watching many more baseball games, so so why not go ahead and tune in to the SEC Network well, or ESPNU or wherever the game is going to be broadcast because you're not going to be able to have cable television on for much longer. He needs to pay for his lawyer fees, so he might have he might have made a little uh yeah he might have taken Vanderbilt last night. And said there's no way my fellas are rallying from this. I'm taking Vanderbilt money line. Bet against him again. <laughs> I mean, he. he what a clown, a, man! I, I just I don't even. I don't feel bad. Like I'm gonna continuously make fun of Brad Bohannon. What a joke! It, it, it is. It is disgraceful, and it is one of those situations to where, if you're the head coach, or even if you're Greg Byrne, you're like, man, I I, I just continue to n- endorse this guy. And, and if you don't know, you don't know. And there are red flags that that came up that got. Bohannon in, in a lot of trouble, but if you're Greg Byrne, what kind of situation now? What what are you going to tell your coaches here once the the track and field season comes to an end? Once baseball season officially comes to an end, because that's normally the last sport that you see for an academic calendar, and you regroup and they get ready to go down to Destin with all the coaches. What what are you telling what are you telling your coaches? Just like all the athletic coaches in general, like you're saying, Greg. What what does Greg Byrne tell all, all the coaches throughout the school? Yeah, I mean because th- there's just been a lot of pie in the face right now, and he, he's ultimately the one who's shouldering the burden yeah. of the mistakes that student athletes are making, of him having to carry the weight there himself of the university and having the title of athletic director yeah. because. This is going to be one of the, the largest and the hugest scandals of all time. I mean, because we've seen point shaving in collegiate basketball. Yeah. We've seen like mafia it. era stuff. We've seen some not so easy Major League Baseball odds change, okay? You've seen some, I would say, the numbers game be run in college football. When you place bets, you get upset when – a touchdown is made or that point spread isn't cleared the way it needs to be cleared, even though if you have a winner. That's why there are point spreads in Vegas so people can get paid. But Greg Byrne, to, to shoulder that responsibility, what, what do you think he's going to – what do you think his message is going to be? I, again, I I don't know exactly what, what the message I, – I think I think people on Twitter yesterday and Fidowski in the app, I, I think it's silly to – blame Greg Byrne like yes it's been a rough few months at Alabama in general I I don't think Greg Byrne has any control over Brad Bohannon's degeneracy uh yeah yeah you could say oh he hired the guy well I mean 
What do you, what do you want? Do you, do you want him to to comb? Th I I just don't know what the blame shifting to Greg Byrne is gonna do. Like Greg Byrne is the one putting these fires out. Like would anyone would anyone besides Greg Byrne have hired a coach that like it was a decent hire baseball wise? I guess he did. He's done okay, uh, but I just don't know like what you have would have wanted Greg Byrne to handle differently over the past few months. So like, yeah, what should Greg Byrne call a meeting with all the coaches and say, Hey, like maybe oh, he's going to, maybe let's not have a scandal for the next like six months. That'd be <laughs> great. Uh, but like, yeah, that'd be in an, in an ideal world. I'm sure he will. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how you move forward from this. Cause this, like I said, like this is, this is probably the worst scandal. I, I, the only sport that I feel even with what's going on in men's basketball, what's going on with the, athletic department internally with the domestic violence case and when you start looking of course now in baseball i think baseball is going to be the only sport that ultimately suffers which is unfortunate because it's not the player's fault and, and the that's coach what, failed that's what, you, that's what you hate about whatever the ncaa does have a new president and because they do have a new president that makes that new president say okay here's we can't really get a handle on NIL, but we can get a handle on what we feel is betting or gambling amongst our, our coaches. And the student athletes normally are the ones who suffer. And I still don't believe that you do have players that are involved, but I didn't, I didn't really want to believe that this story was anywhere true when it started breaking at the beginning of the week. The final drive on WNSP 105.5 with Corey LeBounty and Michael Brauner. We'll be right back. You can call us at 251-694-1055, or you can chime in on the app about Brad Bohannon. And did he betray his Alabama players? And is there institutional control being lost by the athletic director for U of A. The final drive will be right back. Hey, this is Amari Cooper. You're listening to Sports Radio WNFP. Welcome back to the final drive. Cinco de Mayo. Hope everyone has a fantastic Friday, safe weekend, and if you are going to drink this afternoon or evening, make sure you do not drink and drive. And as mentioned in the promo during the commercial break, there may or may not have been, cannot confirm nor deny, a basketball game that was played mm. today at an undisclosed location in regards to who the winner is. So we just have to wait to find out until the opening kickoff on Monday morning to see if there was a basketball game that was played between the final drive and the the opening kickoff. Just want to say real quick before, because I know we're up against it with regards to this "quote unquote" lack of institutional control argument. I I understand the argument. I just my my point being, show me an athletic director who would handle the past four months better than Greg Byrne has handled the past four months. I, Greg Byrne, if, if you want to blame Greg Byrne for I, the Tony Mitchell situation, like Greg Byrne's not the one doing recruiting. I, I just think it's so silly to blame Greg Byrne. Like, yes, it's been a rough few months for Alabama. I just think it's very silly to 
put the blame on Greg Byrne be- just because he's the director of athletics. He's the one putting out these fires. He's not the one starting them. It's gonna, it's gonna, everything's gonna fall back on on your leader at the end of the day. When the economy goes bad, whether you like it or not, they're gonna blame it on the president. Okay, and, and the same situation here. I don't think the president of the University of Alabama is going to take responsibility for what's going on with the athletic department, but I don't think that firing Greg Byrne is going to be the answer. You just hate that it's hard when you take this many body shots it's within within a three-and-a-half to four-month period. It's That's what's tough. Just like if Greg Byrne was fired, like are things cleaned up tomorrow? Of course they aren't. Like So what? Why? what is firing Greg Byrne going to do? I think it's the silliest argument I've ever heard. Well, I, I I know this much. You know, Greg Burns done a phenomenal job, and I think that athletic directors across the country would love to have a squeaky clean program and have a hundred percent APR graduation rate and have no problems athletically or academically on the field, off the field, whatever it is. But not the case. But again, Greg Byrne being fired is not the answer for the University of Alabama. The final drive, four o'clock hour coming up. If you're on Twitter or if you follow Big Game Boomer, Big Game Boomer joining us here at four o'clock next on the final drive. From Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. Hour number two of the final drive here on Cinco de Mayo. Hope everyone has a wonderful, safe weekend. And if you're going to drink, make sure you do drink responsibly. And don't drink and drive if you're going to enjoy Cinco de Mayo for sure. Of course, you can go to votenappies.com and vote for the final drive after you click on the tab, Media. And Michael Bronner and I would greatly appreciate that. And, of course, you know, it's been one of those 24-7 college football here in Mobile, Alabama, for sure, on WNSP. We love talking not only NFL and college, but big game boomer. He talks 24-7 college sports talk and has a wonderful podcast. And he recently had one of – his surveys was the 10 most hated college football teams and right at number two was Alabama and want to welcome big game boomer to the final drive. How are you doing my friend? Hey, what's going on guys? I'm doing great. Happy Friday. Absolutely. Now, now your top on that list was Texas. Two was Alabama three Notre Dame four Ohio state five Texas A&M. Six, Michigan, seven, LSU, 
eight Oklahoma, nine Clemson, and ten Georgia. Any chance that Georgia will be continuing to move up in that poll for the ten most hated college football teams if they continue to be successful? Absolutely. If I mean, if Georgia, if Kirby Smart wins the third national championship in a row, they will definitely uh, creep up that list. I mean, Georgia SEC schools don't like Georgia, but uh, you know the national, you know, college football crowd is is doesn't hate Georgia. Like, I mean, everybody really hates Texas. I mean, across the board, there I think they're easily the most hated team. Um, but. You just because, I mean, you go anywhere, everyone's always flashing a horns down sign. It could be, you know, grocery store, it could be in Washington or South Carolina. Everyone knows what horns down is. But, yeah, Georgia could definitely move up uh, if they keep winning, and it looks like they are with uh, their easy schedule and Kirby Smart, all the recruiting he's doing. Talking to Big Game Boomer, he's one of Twitter's biggest college football personalities. BGB, I, I'm so curious. Like, I'll ask you about some more of your lists, but I, I'm so curious yeah. how, how you got started with this. And like, just tell everybody, you know, kind of what you do on Twitter and exactly how it got started and how it got so big. Yeah, I mean, I, I really uh, like. I just started making these lists on Twitter during COVID, and uh, you know, we all picked up new hobbies during the pandemic, and. I just started putting together, like, graphics. I love college sports, so I just started making these, you know, different types of lists and rankings that, you know, really some, some are database, some are my opinion. Um, but, I mean, so I started this back in early, or excuse me, November of 2020, and uh, I just I, I did a list that was like uh, schools with more wins than Texas over the last 10 years because Texas has been, you know, terrible. Um, this last decade and you know it just went nuts on Twitter and so I was like all right I kind of got an idea here Um, this is cool and then I did a list one time it was the best pizza joint in every college town and I I couldn't find something for Alabama I I have a know someone that went goes there um, and so I was like hey what, what do you think for Tuscaloosa and they're like, we really don't have much pizza in Tuscaloosa. And they're like, just put Chuck E. Cheese. And so I put Chuck E. I put Chuck e. Cheese, and that's really when it like took off. Because I mean, it, that tweet, that list just just blew up all over Twitter and was trending for a couple of days. And but yeah, so that I, I just kind of gave me an idea. I was like, hey, I, I this is an idea. This is a this is cool. People like it or hate it. Um, so I, now I just I do these lists that pretty much every day now. Um, all it's all college sports related. Um, it, it, it's fun. I mean I enjoy the heck out of it. And so this is the second year I'm doing this, and uh, it's it, it's fun. Talking about people hating them, I, it seems like the ones that blow up the most. I mean, you brought up Chuck E. Cheese, which I, I vividly remember because I went to Alabama, so I, I vividly remember that one. I, I, it feels yeah. like the ones that blow up the most are the ones where people are just enraged at them. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of the. I mean, when it, when I post like a list like that's just my opinion, it's cra- I mean it's crazy. <laughs> like I did that stadium nickname list last night. Best, you know, and worst college football stadium nicknames, and people are just livid that you know their school is is on the bad side of the list or they're not ranked high enough. Um, I mean, it, it, it's crazy to me that people get that mad over some of this stuff, but that's what makes college sports so great is we're all very passionate about our schools. And, uh, 
I think my account and what I'm doing kind of captures that. Well, uh, we do have an active app here to where our, our listeners do interact with this. And one of our listeners does want to know, where are you from? Is it is it Oklahoma? <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm from Atlanta. Grew up in Atlanta. Uh, born in South Carolina, but grew up in Atlanta. Um, but I went to school at OU, graduated um, from OU, and just have lived out here um, since I graduated. So I, I, I live... Uh, little, just, you know, kind of Oklahoma, in the Oklahoma City area. Um, but, but yeah, I'm all over the place, though. Um, got, I was in Tuscaloosa for the spring game. I saw that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a good atmosphere. Uh, quarterback play wasn't that great, yeah. but uh, a great day for a football game. It was beautiful out there. That's all you could ask for when you go to a spring game to have phenomenal weather. And speaking of quarterbacks and, and Alabama now having five scholarship quarterbacks on their roster, Auburn goes and finds a quarterback in the transfer portal, Peyton Thorne from yeah. Michigan State. And I know Auburn fans are hoping that he can create a louder environment at Jordan-Hare Stadium for your list to change and have the Auburn Tigers is one of the most hated teams in college football. Yeah, no, I think uh, Peyton Thorne, I mean, look, he, he made it, he got Michigan state to a peach bowl. They won a new year six game. A lot of people credit that to Kenneth Walker, but I mean, and then of course Michigan state doesn't make a bowl game last year, but you know, we'll see what Hugh Freeze can do. I mean, he, we know Hugh Freeze is a good coach. He's a great quarterback coach. Um, so, so we'll see how he develops. I mean, it feels like it's just kind of late uh, in the game to, to see how much of an impact Peyton Thorne can have. I mean, but Auburn's quarterback quarterback situation is probably worse than Alabama's right now before they got Thorne. Uh, just, you know, and with Finley hitting the transfer portal, I mean, we'll see. I, I expect Thorne to be starting uh, come August. I don't know who Auburn plays week one. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely a good pickup for them for sure because they definitely needed a quarterback. I mean, it was going to be a struggle. I mean, I was thinking they'll be five. I mean, I still think Auburn could go somewhere between eight and four and five and seven. That, that's kind of what I think about Auburn. Um, but, but it's a huge pickup uh, for sure. Talking to Big Game Boomer, one of Twitter's biggest college football personalities. What is your favorite list you've ever made? You know, <laughs> well, I was going to ask that one. That one with Chuck E. Cheese. I'll <laughs> tell you what, guys. I mean, that was that was maybe the funniest list. I mean, Chuck E. Cheese was tr trending on Twitter. I mean, I love. Like, I'm about I'm about to start um, ranking my you know top 50 players for each position entering this upcoming season. And I love doing those lists because people just get so excited about them. Like I'll get like a player's parent, like messaging me and being like, Hey, thank you so much for ranking my son. Like it shows, you know, the people love, like love to talk about those. Um, so I like those, but then I, I like to have some fun with it. Like I'll uh, list like most sensitive fan bases, yeah. um, just, you know, just stuff that you can't really quantify it. Like there's, it's, but it's it's just my opinion and, and my taste of the college sports world, and uh, so those are the best lists that just get the mo the most just people getting angry. Like I said, Arkansas had the most sensitive fan base, which I think they still do. I think it's either them or Tennessee. Um, but 
those, I mean, it's just the, the interactions. Then you get the mentions with the fan bases arguing with each other below the list. I mean, it, it, it's a beautiful thing, guys. Well, big game, Boomer, I can definitely tell you that Tennessee fans, they, they definitely get a, a little sensitive or they've been desensitized after 15 or 16 consecutive losses to Alabama. And that's one of the reasons they decided to rush the field this year. But I was looking at, at some of your list that are, are, are very creative. The fact that you decided to go with fill in the blank about Trent Dilfer and UAB's Blazers schedule, how many wins they would have. What, what made you decide to dip into to UAB and, and show some love to Trent Dilfer? So I'm doing that for all the – for every school, uh, for every FBS program, I'm doing the, you know, the UAB's record in 2023 will be – I mean, I did it for Alabama and Auburn. I did it for, like, Tulsa today and Clemson. Um, just – I. I I, my, one of my New Year's resolutions was to give the group of five more love um, because I do think they have passionate fan bases and have great support. So that's just me c- kind of, you know, giving those schools um, a shout out, letting people talk about them for a minute instead of like, talking about, you know, the blue bloods of the sport. Looking at your tweet from like last month, <laughs> I'm curious what your what your answer is to this. You asked what? what college fan base lives rent-free inside of my head, meaning your head. <laughs> <laughs> you got all kinds of answers, but what is the answer? Yeah, it depends on the sport. It's got to be Texas. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I don't like Texas. Um, and, and then in basketball, I, I don't like Kansas basketball. Mm. Uh, you know, they, ran, run, they have run the Big 12 um, for decades in that conference. And so it's, it's – uh, you know, I, I I tend to root against Kansas, um, so but I, and I'm always giving them a hard time. Like I put the best bar in Lawrence, Kansas, was Applebee's, and I mean they just lost it. Um, so it, it's I would say Texas and Kansas, Big Twelve schools. A lot of people think LSU lives rent free in my head, hmm. um, but in LSU, very loud, sensitive fan base and. Uh, you know, so it just it, it it varies. It changes from time to time. I'm giving you this is a tough one here. Over under nine and a half years, it takes Oklahoma to win an SEC championship when they come to the SEC. Oh man! I, so personally, as an OU grad, I do not feel good about OU going to the SEC. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take the under. I think Ooh. nine and a half. Nine and a half years is a long time. If they do not win the SEC championship, and I mean, if that doesn't happen, guys, like I think we'll see multiple head coaches uh, come through OU if if they have not won an uh, an SEC championship in nine and a half years. So I'll take the under there. Gotcha. Big game boomer. We look forward to seeing all of your questions, your surveys, and again, just shaking up the college fan base Again, almost 80,000 followers there for you on Twitter. And the interactions are always great when you do pose that question about who has the best. That's always, or who has the worst. That always gets the most responses and replies. And for those who want to learn more about Big Game Boomer, how can people follow you? You can just follow me on uh, on Twitter or uh, Instagram. 
Uh, I mean, I've got like almost 80,000 followers on Instagram as well. Um, you can get, follow me on YouTube. Well, I do do a podcast um, that, that we're about to start cranking back up here now as we're getting closer to the season. Um, so, yeah, just give me a follow and uh, you'll love me one day and you'll hate me the next day. Well, I tell you, all bets are off. Literally, we're not talking Bama baseball here when it comes to you not having some of the best Twitter questions for the college football fan bases and getting everybody stirred up. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the final drive, and we look forward to having you on again very soon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, y'all have a great weekend. Do the same. Big Game Boomer joining us here on the final drive, and when we come back, of course, we do have the Kentucky Derby this weekend. Mint juleps and hats. On the bad side of that, four horses did die at Churchill Downs. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up next. Hey there, this is Bob Baumauer, ex-jock, head fry cook, and I listen to 105.5 WNSP, Mobile, Alabama. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. And, of course, this weekend, the Kentucky Derby in full effect. Mint julep and hats for everyone. The celebrities and the superstars always come out. You like a mint julep? I don't care for them, Michael Brown. I don't I just I don't know if it was because the baristas didn't fix them well or but I've had and tried it at multiple places and yeah, they same. just they don't do anything for me. I, I, I am I, I'm on the same page. I'm not a fan of mint. I don't like a lot of alcohols, honestly. I like beer. You know, call me a simple man, but I like beer. Well, still like beer. You know, the hats are always the fashion statement, too, by the ladies. And whether it's a big hat, a little hat, but it's always a fashion statement. And I know the Met Gala was this past week. Boy. And, you know, there were some out of this world costumes or. I guess wardrobes is the the better word for it. But there's always some great wardrobes at the Kentucky that. Derby, too. <laughs> you see what Doja Cat wore? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, like I say, some of them are very, very interesting. Cat makeup. To, to see, to th- see th- the th- least. I think she meowed at every interview question, too. Yeah, I mean, hey, you, you play the part, she's, and, she's and that's for sure. going on. It, it's, it's different, for, I'll, for I'll sure. Trust her. It, but you know what's strange is anytime you get ready to to have the Kentucky Derby when four horses die at Churchill Downs, that that just makes you say, all right, well, did they? Is it something that they ate? Did somebody not want a certain horse to win? What what goes into to horse deaths right before the biggest horse race of them all, the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, I feel like we hear this kind of story relatively often. You know, I know the horse community doesn't, you know, frowns upon horse racing in in general. So I, I guess like it's just not a not a good thing. A lot of these a lot of these horses end up that it's super sad. Um, as for the conditions, I, I don't know if there's some sort of not good stuff going on. Uh, obviously, it's not a good headline to read that four horses died. It's not really something. You want to be discussing? No, not not right before the Kentucky Derby. But if you're going to gamble and bet, which is really one of the biggest 
betting days. So you think Brad Bohannon has? That's what I'm. Derby. Why didn't Coach Bohannon wait to 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 gamble on the, or wait for the Kentucky Derby? And not decide to do baseball. That's that's just probably what, still isn't allowed. But at least he wouldn't be going to prison for it. There you go. There and whoever made the bets for him for the baseball could have done the same thing for him for the Kentucky Derby that's getting ready to hit. And and that's just something that uh, again, Brad Bohannon, no no new information, but. The only new information is that Alabama will play game two versus Vanderbilt after winning 11-2 to last night. And there's also this week, Mike, while we have a couple minutes, I know you're a recent Alabama graduate. The Bama Rush documentary, <laughs> I think, is, is oh, going to be fun to sit I didn't and think watch. you were going to bring this one up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things, Mike, that I know – with all the talk that's been focused on Alabama, the Bama Rush documentary is great PR. Is going to be seen by by many, and you, you know they're. Let's put it like this: Will, will we see any Michael Bronner footage? Will Michael Bronner <laughs> will he make an appearance uh, not, on this Bama Rush not documentary? Not to my not to my knowledge, uh, but apparently, like you know, they had. Girl, well, I wasn't part of the sorority rush period, believe it or not. But apparently, like, girls were wearing microphones and bracelets and stuff to like get behind this, get behind the scenes. I mean, that that stuff's so weird and and culty. And I, there's, I could go on and on and on and on and on about the Greek life situation at the University of Alabama. We'll save that for another day because it's frankly, it's very odd the whole the whole thing. But yes, I mean, I saw the trailer. Uh, I laughed at the trailer, but because it, well, boy, oh boy, it looked melodramatic. But yeah, I mean, I, I might watch it. It might be funny. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. Must see TV, and, and we'll see if this situation can continue. I mean, the timing of it, yeah, what was what was just amazing to me, to where you're gonna you're gonna focus on the Bama rush of sororities. And now you have Bama's baseball coach be fired for betting. Well, I guess it was like, so, you know, hashtag Bama Rush. I guess it was like a big thing on TikTok or whatever. And, uh, you know, I guess a lot of girls ended up at Alabama from from seeing it on TikTok. I, I don't know, man. Like, on like if I had known, <laughs> I, I didn't even know before I got to Alabama, like, how how big the Greek life thing was, like, I knew it was huge there, but not, like, to the extent. I didn't really know the extent. Like, had I known, I might not have gone to Alabama. I might have gone somewhere else. Uh, but it's, it's ridiculous, man. If you're there over the summer uh, in Tuscaloosa, because students are about to leave, graduation is this weekend. So, like, summer in Tuscaloosa is, is the best time ever because no one's there. It's very nice. And then, like, sorority rush comes around in August, and it's, like, the worst thing ever, especially if you live near <laughs> campus. And, like, oh, my God, it, it's just the worst. I, I have nothing positive to say about Rush. Well, there's a documentary coming out about it, so a lot of people will have an opportunity to to tune in and see it. I, I, I want to say it's a Netflix special. I think it's HBO. It, it is HBO? Okay, so so HBO is going to gonna go in on the Bama Rush documentary. So uh, I just think that. It is a sad situation, though, for when you look at the the Greek life shenanigans, as a user says on the app. I think that it's something that 
a lot of fans, Alabama or not, are going to tune in to to watch and have an opportunity to see Mike. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I'm I might I might tune in just see what's what, see how dramatic it is. But well, you know, on Monday, the opening kickoff, Nick Wiggins producing, of course, Mark Hyman, Lee Shavanian. We'll see how dramatic they decide to make the outcome of the basketball game that was played today. It wasn't good. I'll just tell you that. I, I No, it wasn't good for us. It wasn't good. It wasn't uh, good. It wasn't good. Be some good content rolling uh, out, though. Well, I'll, yeah, there'll be great content that you'll be able to see on WNSP. And I, I will say this. No... No ACLs were blown. No Achilles were we had, torn. We had a scary moment early. You went down. <laughs> no, <but> we <laughs> you did. went down. We said, are you okay? You said, no. <laughs> we did. <laughs> it was literally one point into the <laughs> game, too. <laughs> we did have a situation to where. Corey, are you good? Bas- no. <laughs> Basket- basketball being played from a 2 we were done standpoint. two points into the game. <laughs> was was fun. Might to have sit saved there and us. go through, and I look forward to seeing and hearing, and and, and <laughs> I mean, take it for what it's worth. I mean, the footage will will be it'll, will be all time, and and, and the listeners will enjoy, the viewers will I enjoy league, seeing. I wore it. a league fit, and you were you came ready. I did. If nothing else, Michael Bronner was ready to ball out today, folks. I showed up. I showed up. Looking like James Harden or hey, Russell Westbrook. I, look, we, we just finished talking about the Met Gala and what yeah. people wear to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, I did my impression of that. He he came in ready to play. Yeah, and that's what is huge. And I I, I find that you know again, kudos to the opening kickoff, and you you have an opportunity to choose between the opening kickoff or the final drive when you go to vote nappies but just make sure you go to votenappies.com and and get an opportunity once Nick Wiggins downloads all the footage yeah there there was there was a nice spill by by, <laughs> by myself and, and I I didn't think that I was going to make it through runs around the court like he's 14 and man we couldn't keep up with him man I I, I give them credit you know, I, I'm I'm first and foremost. I, I'm not in the best of shape. I'm not out of shape, but I, I've learned my limitations. Hard. When when, when you're quickness. when you're 45 and a half years old, you you learn limitations, and I guarantee some are going to sleep better than others tonight for sure. You know, you, you you say leave it all out on the floor. I think all four of us left it all out on the floor. Got a workout in for the day. That's, definitely that's got sure. a workout, and, and that was that was fun. We, y- you asked for it, and you're going to receive it because we still have the opening kickoff versus the final drive in pickleball and cornhole, and hopefully we'll have a a, a better outcome than like than I said what was seen. I today. just need you to be like okay at cornhole. That's all I need from you, and we'll be all right. That's all I need, and, and we've got to have that one. Whatever, whatever the next one is, exactly. whether it it's is mu- cornhole, must win. We, we we have to have that. We we can't afford not to have that one. Pickleball is like fifty fifty, but we we got to win. Cornhole's the the must 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 win. I believe cornhole's next too. So. Well, there there was 
Some great games that went on last night in the NBA, and we'll get to those as well. Going to talk to Danny Cordy for a moment to talk about what's going on with the Mobile Sports Authority for the month of May. Anytime that you have over 100 basketball teams coming to Mobile, Alabama, that's always a great thing because you love to see the youth stay involved and engaged, both male and female, hooping it up at the convention center. We'll talk about that and the great things that the Mobile Sports Authority has coming up with Danny Cordy next. This is Andrew Zhao, Alabama former quarterback. You're listening to WNSD 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Michael Brauner joining you on this Cinco de Mayo. And wanted to get my good friend Danny Cordy, executive director of the Mobile Sports Authority, on with us. We turn the calendar and you see the month of May. And one of the things that Michael Brauner and I were going to be battling Nick Wiggins and Mark Hyman. Today was basketball. This morning it was basketball. And again, I'll, I'll let the opening kickoff give the results of, of how that turned out for Michael Bronner and I. But the second event is going to be cornhole. And the third event is going to be pickleball. And these are all things, especially with the cornhole, that the Mobile Sports Authority, they take it to a whole nother level. And Danny Cordy can tell us all about the 2023 American Cornhole Mobile Major Tournament. Danny, good afternoon and welcome to the final drive. What do you say, Corey and Michael? Appreciate you having me on. And yes, you're right. We uh, we are hosting, as we speak, the first American Cornhole Mobile Major Tournament. It's actually part amateur and a part pro tournament down at the convention center. And I just left there and I tell you, they're they're pretty good down there. Well, I'm, I need to come take notes because Michael Bronner and I, <laughs> we're battling Heim along with Nick Wiggins in a cornhole tournament. And, and Bronner's probably going to have to carry us here in this cornhole. He carried us today in basketball as well. But the excitement that you see on ESPN or ESPN2 on these cornhole tournaments it's second to none when you start looking at it because you know if you can have an event like that on ESPN, that's primetime real estate. And it's a major played sport, and it's something that you see not just at tailgates. Well, you're right, Corey. And we at the Mobile Sports Authority, we're trying. Of course, you know, you go out and get the uh, uh, traditional sports basball, basketball, football, golf, tennis, those kind of things. But what you're seeing is a growth in what's called the non-traditional sports and, 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 and things like uh, it used to be a Spartan race or, or pickleball like you, like you guys are talking about and, and even cornhole. I mean, it's, uh, I mean there are folks throwing, uh, playing cornhole down at the convention center this weekend that are making money doing it. So what you try to do is you try to, 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 to tap into the passion of those what would be called a non-traditional sport and bring those visitors to town and they got to stay somewhere they got to eat somewhere and they, uh, and, and so yeah that's it's, it's a different way to bring visitors to town and uh, this being the first one we've done I'm I'm impressed with the organization and and the skill level down there the next two weeks, of course, May 12th to the 14th, you'll have over 100 teams coming down for the 11th Annual Gulf Coast Showdown 
at the Mobile Convention Center basketball at its best. It's AAU basketball to where over 100 travel teams from throughout the country will be coming to Mobile. And then at the middle of May, the 19th through the 21st, you have the Ballin' on the Bay Showcase Tournament. So over the next couple of weeks, you'll have over 200 teams coming here from across the country to hoop it up at the Mobile Convention Center. Corey, you're right, and I have to thank the Mobile County Commission through the through the United States, the federal ARPA, uh, American Rescue Plan funds, and the City of Mobile Tourism Improvement District Board. They saw the need. Uh, uh, we approached them about buying our own portable basketball slash volleyball courts, and they saw the need for them. So we bought about three or four months ago 10 basketball courts, which equates to 15 volleyball courts, and we're using those brand-new courts to host the next two weekends. As you mentioned, the Gulf Coast showdown the AA, uh, with AAU. That's Coach Richard Robinson and his group. Followed the next weekend by Ballin' on the Bay, and that's Sherwanda Southall who runs that. And we hope to have at least 100 teams in each uh, each weekend playing basketball at the convention center. I mean, you're talking about a lot of energy in the room, a lot of uh, a lot of people coming in from out of town. We we estimate uh, 50 to 60 percent of the teams playing will be coming in from out of town. Once again, they got to stay somewhere. They've got to eat somewhere. So that they're spending money here, and 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 with the investment the county commission and the the TID board made with us, we're we're hoping this translates to great economic impact and a lot of fun for the kids because there'll be a lot of local teams playing in this tournament too so you know it, it helps not only the visitors come in but it helps local too that's what i love danny when you say local i love the fact that we have our youth giving them something productive to do such as basketball i know the opening kickoffs mark heim will be bringing one of his teams to play in one of those tournaments so again if people want to know more about the mobile sports authority how can they reach out to you and get to the website to see all the great events that the mobile sports authority sponsors well thank you for asking Corey. our uh, it's real simple mobile sports authority.com is our website we try to keep that updated daily with events uh we have a very engaged board of board of directors who we meet once a month, discuss all the events that uh, that, that we could bring in, and, and a lot of times some events just don't fit for us. So it's not like that every event that comes to us we approve. We we have to if we have to invest money in it, we want to get a certain rate of return back. Volleyball, basketball are two huge events, and and this weekend cornhole are, are, are big events for us that actually re, uh, have a nice return on the money. But mobilesportsauthority.com, and or feel free to obviously call us at the office at 725-1794. So uh, we're, we're, we're always open for suggestions. Danny Cordy, Executive Director of the Mobile Sports Authority, joining us this afternoon on the final drive. Thank you so much, Danny, and look forward to seeing you here in the next couple of weeks, hooping it up and making sure everything is going smooth as sailing. <laughs> we're, we're trying. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good weekend. Do the same. And, Bronner, when you have close to 200 teams that come in, you know, being a, a, a basketball official, it, it's always fun to watch when you have both boys and girls playing ages third grade all the way up until rising seniors and to see the impact that it does make. Very cool stuff. Lo always love to have Danny on. 
Well, you know, talking about basketball, in the NBA last night, Golden State over L.A., 27-point spread. And I know that Nick Wiggins said our our game today, we played to 11. He said the spread was four and a half. And I don't know what the spread was last night for the Warriors and Lakers. But Seven. Clay Thompson, eight three-pointers, 30 points. Curry, anytime you can get Clay and Curry scoring 30 and 20, it, it, it's going to be tough to beat them. And I was just happy to see Alabama's Former Alabama Jermichael. player Jermichael Green yeah. gets the start. He had a great game, too. 15 points, and Steve Kerr decides to put the former Alabama guy in for the Warriors, and he comes in and he produces, and I, I, I'm real happy for him. And Anthony Davis, after coming off 30 points and 23 rebounds mm. last night, 11 points and 7 rebounds, you, you need that jersey in the rafter with an 11-point and 7-rebound <laughs> game. If you're yeah, hang, Anthony hang Davis, hang the banner there. Hang the banner. And Lakers were doing well too. They they were uh, they were winning after the first quarter and then kind of just imploded on themselves. I got a take about these NBA playoffs that actually has nothing to do with basketball, but that I do want to share on the radio. What's with all these jerseys? Uh, too many, too many jerseys. The Warriors wore black in Game One. Lakers are wearing like trendy purple in Game Two. Once you get to playoff time, I understand the NBA is like the trendy league with every team has twelve different jerseys. Whatever we want to mess around with it in the regular season, fine. Let's get to playoff time. Wh what are we doing? It should be regular home, regular away. Two, two sets of jerseys. That's it. I can tell you what that's all about. Money well, I, marketing. I, I, I get it. And that's like, that's why, it. oh, my God. You, you got to wear the threads in order to make people want to purchase those new threads. It's another reason why the NBA is just so lame. Like, imagine, like, 15 years from now, like, we're talking about this classic Warriors-Lakers series, watching highlights from game one, and why, oh, why are the Warriors wearing black jerseys in game one at home? Like, what are, what are we doing? Should be classic Warriors white jersey. Lakers should be wearing yellow. Uh, maybe it's an old man take, I, but I really don't think it is. I, I think I think I'm pretty on on point. You're a traditionalist. Here. I am. I mean, once you get to the playoffs, I, I like, that's where it should be. I like the different jerseys. I like the different jerseys. I, I think that you Regular give the fans do what something you to see it. Playoffs. I, well, you have enough away. games, 82 games, to where you can that's probably I mean. wear 40 different. Uniform combinations. Mess around, mess around once you get the playoff time. You know it's time to nail down a home and an away jersey. So you you think the Lakers should should wear no white or just go purple and gold with yeah. no white uniforms? Yeah. Okay. Golden State. You think they should just go blue and gold, no black at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, Bronner has his take on those uniforms, and I will say this: the NBA is going to keep cashing those merchandising checks. Not for me, that's for sure. But you know, it, it, look, I, I think that anytime you give a new flair on the game, I love it. I, I like the new uniforms. I like the fact that you can have something new. I love the old traditional styles too, but. When you put a new flavor, I don't care whether it's playoffs, regular season, you break out the new unis for any team, and they get real excited when they see those new threads. By and the, By the way, the Pistons just hired Kevin Ollie, or about to hire Kevin Ollie. Well, you know, speaking of head coaches, the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday mm -hmm. on our show when Coach they fired Boonholzer. their head coach, Budenholzer, he, he joins a very small crew of coaches who – Mike Brown, Phil Jackson, and Pat Riley. 
all within the last 25, 30 years that continued to win with an organization and then be fired the following year because it's not like the Milwaukee Bucks weren't a number one overall seed having an opportunity. But tonight, Boston at Philly, James Harden, he came off game one, the game of, of his playoff career, 45 points, 12 rebounds, and then he turns around and follows that up and, and with 12 points. Yeah, are the Sixers better without MVP Joel Embiid? I don't know. People are saying. Well, Philadelphia, we'll see. Again, I don't think Embiid is – he's the NBA's MVP, but I don't think he's 100% healthy, but I'll take 80% I don't think Embiid. He's the MVP, but I don't think he's the most valuable player. There's, for Philly. There's, there's a take for – in the league. Or in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think the Nuggets are a 30-win team without Jokic, so. Denver at Phoenix tonight. Phoenix, if they go down, they, they, they lose the night, they get swept. It's over with. No no, Chris Paul. They're already in trouble, so we'll see what that's going to look like. The final drive on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty and Michael Bronner will be right back. Hi, this is Philip Rivers, football coach at St. Michael Catholic. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Welcome back to the final drive on this Cinco de Mayo. And, you know, when you do have an opportunity to sit and look at the Alabama Crimson Tides football season a year ago, Two losses, not having an opportunity to play for a national championship, of course, disheartened a lot of Alabama fans. But to sit and come up, we know our own Nick Wiggins came up with the Lee Shervanian rap that was pretty good, if I must say so myself. Eh, it was all right. There was another rap that came out about the Crimson Tide and their football program this past year. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's should have let Artist us in. Artist Deshaun. Artist Deshaun should have let us in featuring the Alabama Crimson Tide 2022 season. You want to play that whole thing? There you go. All right. It's hard to listen to. Sean. Now, when I listen Space to those, on the pinky to put the next one on. I, I, I love the lyrics to it, and I love the video that he put on with it also. And it, it was very creative. But Alabama didn't deserve to get in last year. 
should have let us in was based on the fact that Would've Georgia cool. routed TCU. And I, I thought that, again, the lyrics was pretty good. I liked the beat. I thought it was pretty good that, that someone could put a rap together about summing up where Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Y'all should have let us in. Should have let us in. And I know a lot of Alabama fans don't want to have to say the same thing this year. Now, with the expanded college football playoffs. If we lose four games. They won't be saying that. No, I, I just don't see where any team that can lose four games would, would deserve <laughs> to be in the college football playoffs. Hey, but 12 teams will never miss it again. I, I just don't I don't see within the Nick Saban era, Alabama missing the college football playoffs when you do it span to 12. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. Auburn I, might make it one of these days. I, I think Auburn will have a great opportunity once Hugh Freeze gets his system in place. When it expands to 12, it'll be happening at the right time for Auburn because, again, they did find their quarterback today, Peyton Thorne, with, with two years of eligibility remaining and has thrown 46 touchdowns almost for 6,500 yards in the Big Ten. And that's not a slouch of a conference. It's, of course, not the SEC. But I think the fact that he has some experience will help. Mike Rodak will join us at the top of the hour next to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide baseball situation and how everything unfolded and how Alabama will probably fare against Vanderbilt these next two games and whether they'll have an opportunity to play in the SEC tournament. Mike Rodak coming up next here on The Final Drive. Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. Hour number three of the final drive. Want to wish everyone a happy Cinco de Mayo. And thank you for tuning in to the final drive. Again, you can go to votenappies.com, votenappies.com, and vote for the opening kickoff for the final drive under the media tab for best sports show. And, of course, we would love your vote here on the final drive as we're going to battle with Mark Heim. Lee Shervanian and Nick Wiggins. And, of course, our first battle of the opening kickoff versus the final drive from a sporting standpoint was held this morning. We we decided to hoop it up, and, uh, you know, I, I will let Mark Heim be able to talk all about that on Monday as well as, again, for Michael Brauner and I, it didn't go the way that we would have liked for it to have gone. But things always 
are going to go well for Mike Rodak because he has the opportunity to to cover the Crimson Tide. And there's not been a lack of information or lack of stories to where you're having to create player content coming out of Tuscaloosa. But one of the better stories that came out, Mike, was the fact that Jimmy Johns is graduating from Alabama after his exodus from the program in 2008 due to some drug charges. Yeah, exactly. That was um, was actually something that somebody emailed me about a couple months ago, kind of tipped me off, and um, it was actually right in the middle of the the Brandon Miller situation, and just I never got around to writing it, and um, checked in again this week, and um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's graduating, and, you know, he spoke to Tuscaloosa News as well and, and did a, um, you know, the, kind of a, a big piece on him. And uh, Chase Goodbread did a, a great job over there and kind of describing, which has been, you know, it's 15 years ago now, 16 years ago, um, that he was last playing for Alabama in, in Nick Saban's first year and was arrested on six different charges and went to jail for, for 13 months and got kicked off the team. And, in that time since has really turned his life around to where he went back to school this spring and had three more classes to take. And um, he, he told Chase that he had an A in each of them. And, uh, you know, he'll graduate you know, tonight, I guess it is, um, in Tuscaloosa. And um, always, you know, good to hear those stories because there's, there's always players that get into trouble and might get kicked off teams and you never seem to hear from them again. And, um, you never really know what happens to some of those guys, but it's good to hear that, um, you know, he's, he's in a good spot now. Oh, I'll tell you what, Mike, somebody who's not in a good spot is Brad Bohannon. And he, I don't think he'll have to worry about coaching another baseball game, whether it be peewees, whether it be T-ball, whether it's high school, collegiate. This situation in Tuscaloosa caught pretty much the entire country off guard because a lot of people with the Kentucky Derby being this weekend, that's where you think about people placing bets, not on collegiate baseball, especially not against the team that you're currently coaching or work coaching. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's shocking that, you know, when this first story first came out, we were just trying to figure out what it all meant and, and what exactly had happened. I think for, you know, a good day or two there, the hypothesis was that it was a player, you know, that was involved. And I think, you know, as we just talked about Jimmy Johns, guys make mistakes when they're young. And you're talking about a 19, 20-year-old kid that hypothetically in that case would have been betting on baseball. It's a different story when you're talking about the head coach of a program, 47-year-old man, um, from a judgment standpoint, to be doing what he was doing, after knowing, you know, how many training courses I'm sure they've taken from the NCAA, being well aware of the policy that's in his contract, that's in NCAA contracts, and um, blatantly ignoring it. You know, that's, that's a much different story, and to be honest, a, a much bigger deal to me um, that the coach was the one involved, and it, it in fact, wasn't any players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, again, it, like you said, you're betting against your team. In this case, it's you know, an LSU as a favorite and whether it was, he was directly profiting from it or just simply providing information doesn't matter. I mean, that's, it's a violation of NCAA rules, a violation of his contract. And I think the next big question that needs to be answered, and it, it could be a tough question to answer is 
how did that affect his in-game decisions going back forever? I mean, the six years that he's been coach, um, was he impacting games on, you know, to, to benefit his betting? Um, which, if that is true, then that would open the door to a, a federal charge. I mean, that's, that's serious legal jeopardy if, if he was doing that. Talking to Mike Rodak, Alabama beat reporter for AL.com. Mike, obviously what we know at this point is that Brad Bohan has been fired and was involved in this in, in some capacity in, very, in a very not good way. Uh, at, what do you expect for the timeline to be in terms of when we can learn more information as to the extent of this? So it, it's tricky because there's a lot of different people investigating. It's not like there's one entity that has one ongoing investigation. I mean, there's the NCAA, which is has a policy. They will clearly investigate against that policy. And Alabama's baseball program could very well, in, in some time, I mean, it, it, these things for them could be years, um, but there could be infractions that, that come about from that. Um, like I said, the, the federal aspect of it is, is something that needs to be answered as well. If, um, you know, the federal government, you know, the FBI slash U.S. attorneys believe that there was a crime that take, took place. And that that's what happened. You know, Tim Donahue, the, the NBA referee, uh, faced federal charges. There's been other cases of that. So um, if that if it was that blatant and if it was that involved that, that it was affecting games, then yeah, that's another investigation. I mean, there's sort of the Alabama slash SEC investigation, trying to figure out how did this happen under our watch. Uh, and then there could be other jurisdictions, police-wise, that look into it. And obviously, the gaming commissions in Ohio um, are, are, are already looked into it. So it's not as if like there's this one, there's one entity. You know, there's a lot of different things, kind of a lot of different balls in the air at once, and there could be different timelines. Mike, I've seen kind of arguments on both sides of the aisle with regards to the legal gambling aspect of this. One side being. Well, like, look look at how legal gambling is destroying college sports. This is a perfect example right here. But also the look at the measures in place that obviously the red flags went up. So the, the measures in place that are made to prevent this kind of thing are working. I, I'm just curious where, where you fall on that side of the coin. Yeah, I mean, there, there certainly are things in place that, you know, there's technology that picked this up pretty easily, it seems like. Um, and that's, you know, the surveillance technology and gambling in general, not just sports betting, is, is obviously strong. Go to any casino and there's more surveillance cameras there than anywhere. Um, I mean, they're in the business of making sure they don't lose money. Um, and, you know, the NFL, for instance, we saw the Calvin Ridley thing. They have technology where if a player in the NFL goes on DraftKings and makes a bet and that's tied to their name and their Social Security number, then the NFL gets flagged and they learn about it. Uh, the SEC contracts with this Las Vegas group that flagged Ohio um, to monitor their games. So there's there's a lot of monitoring technology out there that makes it pretty easy to, to spot things. And uh, you know, it, then it becomes, you know, these leagues, whether it's the NFL or, you know, NCAA or whatever, is going to make – they're going to make an example of, of these people because then that scares away other people from, from trying to do it. So, um you know, it's 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 tough. I think to get around it, it's pretty shocking that they thought that they could get around it. Um, maybe they did though for a while, and it just wasn't picked up. But it's it's clearly the technology's there where these these places aren't going to lose the money. 
I know one of your co-workers at AL.com, Joseph Goodman, wrote an article in regards to Alabama's athletic director, Greg Byrne, needing help at Alabama. I think that in your coverage of Alabama, this has probably been the, the, the biggest storms, not singular but plural, that have surrounded the athletic program in some time, and, and it just keeps coming hit after hit after hit. It, ultimately, Greg Byrne is not responsible for student-athletes' poor choices, whether that's Tony Mitchell down in Florida or, or wherever it was he gets arrested and, and people making decisions on the strip that aren't that, aren't that smart. But it, what, at what point in time will, will trustees or the president or will they say that Greg Byrne has to be held accountable? Yeah, I think you know, there's certainly we're closer to that situation because you're right. I mean, if it's a player and there's 700 plus athletes at Alabama, um, I think Byrne has kind of made the point. Like you can't 100% prevent everybody from getting in trouble. But um, when you're talking about one of your coaches, your head coaches, that's a different story. When you're talking about a guy that he hired and Brad Bohannon, he was one of uh, Byrne's first hires. Um, that's an issue. When you're talking about Matt Self, you know, the compliance director who was arrested on Sunday um, in Tuscaloosa, that's someone who directly works for you and, quite frankly, is in the business of compliance with laws and was arrested for breaking the law, uh, then, you know, that, that, that situation becomes closer to Greg. And, um, you know, I think it, you're right. The, the events aren't linked per se, like one thing is not causing the other. Brad Mohanan being involved in betting is not causing Tony Mitchell to, to speed. Um, but overall, viewed in totality, it's a bad perception, you know, PR-wise, and perception is powerful. And Alabama has certainly proven over the years that they care about the way that they're perceived and their brand. And um, I, I just I can't imagine that sitting well with, you know, the people at the highest level of the university, including the trustees. I mean, I understand the perception argument, Mike, and it obviously has been a rough few months, uh, at the really a rough academic year at the University of Alabama. It's just when when I hear and people have been in our app and and on Twitter, you know, saying calling for Greg Burns' head. I I just don't really get that point when I think about the fact you know he's not really the, he's not the one starting these fires. He's the one putting them out. I just I I think it's silly to blame. Greg Byrne for for these things these like you said they're not connected and yes it's unfortunate they keep happening time and time together I just don't like what I don't see what firing Greg Byrne would accomplish here it, I think it would create more chaos I think that's um, the downside of, of that situation and I agree I don't think that's imminent I don't think that's something that's uh, immediately on the radar by any means um, but, you know, for any organization, for any sports team, eventually the buck stops with the leader. And um, even if things aren't directly your fault, uh, it, if somebody falls under your responsibility, a CEO of a company is still going to get fired if, if there's malfeasance within the company, even if he's not directly involved with it. That, that happens pretty frequently, and it's just the reality of, of those jobs and, you know, the, the responsibilities and, and the money that quite frankly, comes with them as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there is there's preventing these things from happening. That's part of it. And, you know, having that oversight, education, et cetera. And then there's also the response to it. 
And, you know, they responded swiftly in, in getting rid of Darius Miles. They responded swiftly in getting rid of Brad Mohan. And I think there's a lot of questions about how they responded to the Brandon Miller thing, which was a more complicated situation. Um, and, you know, the PR, how they, not just Greg, but, you know, how Nate Oates responded to things and all that, that's a different story. But um, at some point it's like I, I'm sure they just want calm and, and not having these – national stories every single week yeah that that's what's interesting mike when you start seeing the stories pretty much once or twice a month within the last three months mike rodak alabama beat reporter for al.com does a phenomenal job in his coverage and like i said this is the time of year really after especially after the a-day game and after basketball's over that you have to really try to find stories or player profiles or great feel-good stories but no lack of information or stories lack of stories coming out of tuscaloosa alabama the baseball team i was wondering how they would find a way especially with the magnifying glass being so great last night they had a huge win over vanderbilt a top five team in the country and they can still if they win tonight and find a way to win this series this is huge for the crimson tide program and with everything that's going on can and will alabama's baseball team make the sec tournament or will commissioner or commissioner sankey's step in and say "Mm, i think it's in our best interest or greg byrne to say look we're going to go ahead and self-impose and remove ourselves and that way we can get ourselves out of any future trouble yeah, and first of all, you're right about the offseason, although last May was actually the whole Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban thing, so I don't know True. what it is about the month of May. It's just Content there's these stories month. that pop up, and <laughs> I just can't go on vacation, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, in terms of – it's a good question. I was – you know, somebody asked that to me this morning about the SEC tournament, and I, I would think it's probably premature for – and we're talking the SEC tournament's two weeks away, three weeks away um, – for Alabama to step in and self-impose unless it's going to look strange too, because there's already been the messaging that no players were involved and there's no evidence that we know of that any other coaches were involved. And so then it becomes, are you, you know, punishing the players you have on this current team, you know, might be seniors that may never have a chance again. I think that opens up them to even, you know, being criticized for that, that there's players that, that shouldn't be punished. So I, I, right now, sitting here today on May 5th, you know, think that Alabama will play in the SEC tournament. And obviously they're going to qualify for it. Um, you know, they're they're pretty safely in it. You know, they're not going to be one of the bottom two teams. And um, you're right, if they win tonight or if they win tomorrow night against Vandy, that's, that's a series win over a top five team. And this this was probably Brad Bohannon's best team. I mean, there's still issues. They're still have a losing record in the SEC. They've they've lost a couple non-conference games they shouldn't have. But um, I think as of right now, they would be a, a three seed in in the NCAA tournament, and that's you know that's not something they often have been. No, it's not, and I think that that magnifying glass will continue to stay on the baseball team the way it did on the basketball team because there's been two national stories now that are following both the basketball team and now the baseball team for postseason play. But, Mike, you do such a phenomenal job, and I know if there's any more breaking news, even if you're on vacation, I know you'll have your laptop ready to to dial it up and are always tuned in to the Crimson Tide. How can people – follow all of your great 
great coverage of everything Alabama. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh, AL.com as well as on Twitter at Mike Rodak. Mike Rodak, thank you so much for joining us this evening on the final drive. Have a great weekend and take care of yourself. You got it. Thank you very much. Mike Rodak joining us this evening on the final drive. And again, no shortage of stories coming out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's for sure. If you're a beat writer at any point in time, whether it's transfer quarterbacks in the portal, whether it's a situation to where you're having coaches betting and gambling on baseball, Tuscaloosa has been the talk of really the entire nation. And the final drive will continue to be the talk versus the opening kickoff. We'll go into that and a little bit more on the Cinco de Mayo edition of the final drive. This is Jason Caffey. Thank you for listening to WNSP 105.5 FM.